WeTime meets MeTime, where magic meets the sea on a Disney cruise. Adults can relax and enjoy dedicated spaces designed just for them. Indulge in a massage at Census Spa or take a dip in Quiet Cove, an adult-exclusive pool. Don't worry, the kids are having some me-time of their own at incredible kids' clubs. And there's amazing we-time, like entertainment, imaginative dining, character encounters, and more around every corner. A magical vacation at sea awaits on Disney Cruise Line. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The shift from thinking to awareness. In this podcast, Eckhart asks a live audience, what are you certain of? After some discussion, they conclude very little. He references philosophers throughout history who've said life is a dream and our individual lives fleeting. Eckhart explains there's a deeper consciousness beyond the dream and beyond the person. He says we will experience transcendence when we make the shift from thinking to awareness. Thank you and welcome everybody, wherever you are. Oprah, I don't know if she still asks that question she used to or still asks the question, what do I know for sure? She's been asking people that question for some years. And usually, of course, people answer with their belief or conviction or some realization or whatever it may be. Ultimately, though, if you go deeper or higher, there's very little that you can be sure of, almost nothing. For example, is this world real? <laughs> well, I'm not sure. Nobody can be sure. Philosophers have been thinking about this for centuries, millennia, since ancient Greeks even. What is the reality of this world? Is it just a dream? An ancient theme of philosophers and writers. Is this world a dream? Ancient, the old Spanish writer, Calderón de la Barca said, La vida es sueño, it's one of his famous plays, Life is a Dream. And many have said that it is a kind of dream because everything that appears here now in your experience dissolves very quickly, like a dream. So if you can't be sure even of the reality of this world, then what is left to be sure of? Well, of course, there is something left, and that is yourself, you. Or when you, you, you say, I, you can be sure that you are. So talking in the first person, I can be sure that I am. You cannot doubt it. You cannot doubt the beingness of you. 
whatever arises in the beingness of you can be doubted. It could be like a smoke or vapor or unreal, dissolves quickly. But even if it is a dream, there must be a consciousness in which the dream happens. There must be a light of consciousness in which the dream is known. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. So even if the whole world is illusion, there must be a consciousness in which this illusion appears and disappears continuously. <laughs> and that is the being. And that is you as the perceiving and experiencing consciousness, presence. You are, whether you are a person, that's already something that you can doubt, that could be part of the dream, of course. Being a person is perhaps a fleeting dream that consciousness is having, and it dreams to be Eckhart for a while, or whoever name it, whatever the, your name is, it has this dream and then it disappears. It could be, I'm not saying it is, but it could be. It kind of is. <laughs> and so you can doubt that you exist as a person, that, that, has, that your existence as a, as a person has any absolute reality, but you cannot doubt that that which underlies the person the being of you, the presence, the conscious presence, you cannot doubt that that is there. Everything else can be doubted except I am. <laughs> and this is known directly here and now. It is known directly becoming conscious of the fact that you are conscious or not so much of the fact because it sounds a little abstract. The fact is something abstract. Becoming conscious that you are conscious, to know that you, right now, that you are conscious. You don't know what it is that is conscious. It doesn't really have a name. The name comes later. And it doesn't have a form, really. The form comes later. Prior to all this, there is a presence. When you look at something like here, then this is what appears in the visual terms in the presence. And sometimes when something disappears from your perceptual realm, some uh, vision that you, something that you see, you close your eyes for a moment and then the, your vision disappears. Sometimes in the moment that something disappears from your sense perceptions, or you hear a sound and suddenly the sound stops. In that moment, when suddenly something disappears, it is possible a bit more easily to catch yourself as the underlying consciousness. Which, which no longer has an object in it because the object that appeared in consciousness has dissolved. You close your eyes for a moment and the entire visual perception is gone. But then you can, in that moment, you can become aware that there is an underlying presence. Then when you open your eyes again, then you can easily lose touch with this underlying presence because you are captivated, seduced, hypnotized, by that which appears. 
So you, you lose awareness of the primordial reality of the being that is prior to all appearance. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All on one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt 1 Plus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. So it's very easy then to, this is the world. The world draws yourself, draws you out of yourself. And then the consciousness identifies with all kinds of disguises. It's disguised in numerous disguises. You yourself, the person that you are, are disguise that consciousness assumes temporarily. So the world impinges upon you and, and makes demands and says, look at this, look at this, give attention to this. And of course, continuously, you're drawn here and there. And even when you're alone in your room, nothing happening externally, things are still happening in your mind. Thoughts come and say, think about this, this is so important. You must follow up this thought. And then you lose yourself in all kinds of trains of thought. And then again, seduced by the gravitational pull of thought and sometimes thought combined with heavy emotion, a huge, very powerful combination. So you're in the grip of an emotional, mental emotional gravitational pull and you don't even know it because you're so identified with it. So you don't know that you are anymore. <laughs> you are completely identified with the appearances, temporary appearances. Um, so when something disappears, there's a moment when it is a little bit easier to catch yourself as the presence, to become aware of yourself as the, as the consciousness, as the presence. Another example I could give, music is very interesting, sound and music. Shakuhachi is a Japanese bamboo flute a very simple instrument is just a bamboo with holes in it. But when it's played by a master, it's a vast amazing. It's usually improvisation. Somebody is completely present. And so he's playing this bamboo flute and there are gaps in between the sounds. Sometimes a sound arises, a sound subsides. And then if you learn to become aware of the gaps between the sounds of this flute, this is just one example, Certain types of piano music can do the same, et cetera, et cetera. But if you become aware of the, the gaps between the sounds, in that gap, when the auditory perception disappears, 
it is easier to be aware of yourself as the, the underlying conscious presence in which suddenly the sound is dissolved and what is left, just the presence. So it's, it's, there are certain things that can help you in this world. And one of those things is the disappearance of things. <laughs> and uh, on a larger scale, because we've just been talking about the, the temporary disappearance of little things, sounds and images and so on. On a larger scale, the disappearance is the experience of some kind of loss in your life. So when something disappears, it's not just a sound that subsides, it's not just an image that you was there a minute ago and then the image, visual image disappears. Now there are other kinds of disappearances that are much, much bigger. <laughs> and that is the disappearance of something significant that had been significant in your life. For example, some big loss in your life of something that was extremely important to you as a, as a person, as a human being. It could be the loss of your home or possessions. It could be the loss of your job. Suddenly you don't have a job anymore. And then if you don't have a job anymore and your identity was to, to a large extent bound up with your function as this particular person, then you, not only the job disappears, but also your self-image begins to crumble because who are you without that function in societal function as much? And, and this is sometimes people experience that when they reach retirement age and suddenly they've been looking forward to it for a long time, but suddenly their entire function disappears, which they had given them their identity and who are they now? So they lose all that suddenly. Loss can also come, somebody close to you dies or some big disruption in your life through some kind of accident, loss of abilities, physical abilities in the body and so on, big loss. There too, this is usually regarded as extremely painful and extremely undesirable, but here too, there is something that potentially can open up when something that was important to you, very important, is suddenly removed, it disappears. At first, usually it leads to some kind of suffering, sometimes intense suffering. And then some, it's possible for humans to surrender into that loss, no longer resist it, because what they can see the futility of resisting something that has already happened, it already is, and they reach a point of deep acceptance. And then again, the disappearance of something, it could be even a person which is close to you, extremely painful at first for a while perhaps, and then you may come to a point of acceptance and then this disappearance leaves behind a, an openness, an open space.
And that is the redeeming feature of all loss, the possibility that it can bring about a realization in you of that which is beyond form, because all loss is the loss of some form. And if a form dissolves in your life, so we started with just a sound, even sound is a formation, a sensory formation. But then we went on to something bigger. So the loss of form opens up the possibility of recognizing or awakening to the formless transcendent dimension in yourself, which is also the transcendent dimension of the universe, because you are a microcosm of the entire universe. So uh, loss is something that is, you can't do without it on the spiritual path. And of course, everybody gets it sooner or later, or from time to time, periodically. Everybody gets it, but not everybody is able to recognize this as an opportunity. Most people are not yet because nobody teaches that at school. <laughs> and even in, in old people's homes and senior residences, they don't teach that. Nobody seems to know about it. When death approaches, or you can see it approaching, or even you become aware that you are mortal, because many people don't realize that they are mortal, except as an abstract fact in their minds. But it's not a, a, a living realization that they are that they are going to die fairly soon, because even a few decades is fairly soon. <laughs> so when you become aware of mortality, again, the possibility of loss, a big loss, the whole, your whole body is gone. <laughs> that again, the approach of mortality can be a wonderful opportunity for awakening to the formless, the formless dimension. And this is the I am, this is what we started with, the realization of yourself as presence, has no form. Presence is, has no location, it's not actually in you. It just seems to be. All the great teachings is about the transcendent dimension, discovering it as the formless, the kingdom of heaven, Jesus, kingdom of heaven. As you know, in my translation, it's, it's translated as, I translate it as the dimension, kingdom, the dimension of spaciousness, like the sky, vast spaciousness. It's, an, it's a dimension of consciousness, like discovering that emptiness, the Buddha's emptiness, sunyata, same thing, spaciousness, emptiness, formlessness. And the discovery of that in yourself, so to speak, is what we call awakening. That's one term you can use. That is the awakening that is 
in Buddhist terms, the end of suffering. And that's the psychological suffering he talks about. The suffering that is always there when you only know yourself as a person, a form identity. You have no other identity than this form identity, and that is suffering. Complete lack of realization of the transcendent dimension within yourself and thereby the universe. And this lack is a life of suffering when you only know yourself as this limited, conditioned person. And you don't know yourself as the underlying consciousness or awareness, the formless. So the Buddha says, Dukkha, everything is suffering, no matter where you go and what you do and what you achieve and what you have, very quickly you will find Dukkha, it's hiding behind every experience, suffering. As long as you only know yourself as a person, which the Buddha calls the self, the delusion of the self. And when that delusion is removed, your identity is derived from the underlying presence or consciousness. Ah, oh. then the person still has its ups and downs, and you have a little bit of a little bit of emotion when things go well, and when things don't go well, you say, "Oh well, that's sad that it didn't go well." But it doesn't doesn't go very deep anymore. The suffering on the surface, you still have a few highs and lows, but nothing devastates you anymore. It's not when some big loss happens, it's no longer devastating. Ah, the real suffering. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime. And blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force. All of one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system. Only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. So Buddha points to the possibility of recognizing the unreality of the self, which is the person. Same thing with Jesus. Deny thyself. Recognize, in other words, that it is ultimately not real. That's the liberation. In Christian Jesus terms, it's called salvation. What are you saved from in that salvation? <laughs> you are saved from yourself. <laughs> the troublemaker, the problem maker, the heaviness of the me, <laughs> saved from yourself. So it's all very simple. It's not complicated at all. 
the mind may try to make it complicated. I haven't quite figured it out yet, how to transcend the self. I need to read a few more books about this. I've been thinking about this for a long, long time. Can't quite get it. Of course you can't because you're thinking about it. The realization comes when, and this is the most important disappearance because we've been talking about disappearances. <laughs> the most important disappearance is the disappearance of thought as the primordial forms that arise, thought forms. But it is not a falling below thought where you become unconscious. It's rising above thought. You become more present and more alert. And you discover in yourself the ability to be free of thought for moments that gradually become longer, although the moment itself has no time. You, you can be free of thought and be fully conscious, fully here but no naming, no conceptualizing, no mental noise making, the ability to be free of thought. This is the ultimate disappearance. It all comes down to the cessation of streams of thinking that for most people never stop, except in dreamless sleep. Fortunately, they still have that course, without dreamless sleep, humans would go insane. But in their daily life, there's no, not a moment of freedom. So the great disappearance is the disappearance of having to think all the time. Having to think, can't stop it. Now, the thing is, you can't exert willpower and stop yourself from thinking, that doesn't work. But you can be so present that thoughts don't arise. The example I gave in The Power of Now, it's just come back to me. <laughs> I gave the example of a cat. If you've ever observed a cat watching a mouse hole, the cat is watching a mouse hole because the mouse may come out any second now. So the, the cat is so alert watching this mouse hole. Nothing else is there, just that alertness. And so I used that example and then I said, and I'm gonna do, let's, you can do it here. If you were that cat and you see you're so alert and say, let's see what the next thought is that's going to come into my head. Because the next thought is a mouse. What's the next thought that's going to come into my head? And you're so alert for the next thought that the next thought doesn't come because you're too alert for another thought to come until it does come at some point. But even just a few seconds of that is an interesting experience or realization. And it's, it's such freedom to be able to just walk around this world and perceive things without interference of thought except when you need it and it's there. And even sometimes when you don't need it, it's still, yes, all kinds of thoughts go through your head, but they no longer have that grip on you. They no longer uh, cause you 
untold suffering because the greatest part of suffering, if not all, <laughs> is caused by your thoughts about things plus emotions, but thoughts about situations are not the situation. It's your thought about the situation causes the suffering. That was already discovered by the ancient, little known, unfortunately, Greek philosopher Epictetus, who said literally that, that what causes you suffering is your thought. In other words, the unobserved mind, the unobserved mind, which means thought activity, but no awareness. Every thought draws you in completely. Dreadful fate. And then you cannot, and then you have to identify with one thought and you have to exclude others. You cannot hold two thoughts because without awareness, you, have, you identify with one. Let's give one contemporary example. In America at the present time, a certain segment of the population says the whole history of the United States is just horrible. We've done such horrible things. True. The other side says it's been the most remarkable and, and unbelieving thing that never happened before that people of so many places have come together and created such a vigorous dynamic civilization that did so many things, brought so much creativity and so much good into this world. By my mother thought so because after the war she met, she met Americans who were coming into Germany and they were all wonderful, they were the best, the most wonderful soldiers, my mother, they were the Americans that were coming in. They, they were giving out food to everybody, they were kind and wonderful. You have that also. You have, on the one hand, it's a dreadful place, on the other hand, it's a wonderful place. Both are true. And you have to, of, only if you're aware, you can hold two seemingly conflicting things together and see the truth is somewhere in between. You don't have to identify yourself completely with one or the other and then derive some egoic satisfaction from that. And, and again, I gave the example of soldiers in Americans in Germany, and then you've got the destruction of Iraq, totally pointless, completely absurd. You have polarities everywhere in this world. Without awareness, you're lost in thought and you're lost in mental positions. And then the mental positions become more and more pronounced. And then they become collective mental positions. And then people start fighting. So before we go on to the questions, if I try to summarize the entire teaching and everything, maybe all spiritual teachings, it's discover in yourself the ability to be free of thinking for moments, certain moments, and gradually longer moments, and being aware, a shift from always thinking to awareness, shift from thinking to awareness. That's the whole essence of it. Polarities are everywhere, good and bad, light and dark polarities. The polarities cannot be transcended. Here you've got yin and yang, good and whatever it is, any polarity, here. Now, how do you transcend? You're either here or you're either there. The line becomes a triangle. The apex of the triangle is awareness. Then you have transcended the polarities. 
and you can allow them to be, but you are not tied to one or the other. Let's have the first question. Thank you for all the teachings. You know, now I go in little bit deep into this knowledge. And what I am wondering is the consciousness, does it live in your body or it just come and go? Like just you said, presence is not in you. It seems that way. So I was just wondering. Thank you. Thank you. Thank I understand you. the question. Now, ultimately, although this may not be immediately understandable to everyone, ultimately what we perceive as inside and outside is not actually reality. Ultimately, it would be more true to say, and this is an interesting way of looking at reality, to say that there is nothing outside of you. It's, I suggest this as a kind of experiment. How does that change the way in which you perceive the world and people? I'm not, ask, I'm not asking you to answer the question. Just It's just a, a question that you can ask yourself and find out. How does that change the way in which you have your experiences? If everything that you experience is actually inside of you, or there's no inside and outside, there's only consciousness. But temporarily, let's say, as it does, for example, in the Course in Miracles, uh, it says, there is nothing outside of you. Because everything that uh, you experience as a world appears in consciousness. And you are consciousness. Is this consciousness confined to this body and this brain? It seems to be, but it is not. Many people believe that Consciousness is a byproduct of uh, brain activity, that, it, that brain activity produces consciousness. And uh, our civilization, mainstream, believes that mainstream belief is that the material world is all that it is real. And people don't really know what to say about consciousness. Even many scientists do not have an answer. They do not know what consciousness is, but they do believe that whatever it is, it's produced by the human brain. But uh, the greatest scientists actually did not believe that from Albert Einstein to other scientists like Max Planck and Heisenberg and many others, actually as they saw how enigmatic and mysterious reality actually is when you go into the atomic and subatomic realm. And they assumed, they, they said this literally, that the, Einstein said it, that there is an intelligence behind the world of appearances. There is an overriding vast intelligence behind this intelligence is the organizing principle behind the arising of form. And Einstein said, this intelligence is so of such vast superiority to anything that humans could think of or do that, it's, that the human 
all human thinking and human doing is only a, a pale reflection of this vast intelligence that underlies everything. And Max Planck said, the physicist said something similar. There is an, there is an intelligence behind existence, he said, that is a matrix of all existence, that, which means it is the source of all existence. So the organizing principle behind the arising of all life forms. So it is not confined to the brain. It is, in fact, the, the way I see it, consciousness has manufactured this physical brain in order to use it as an avenue ex as ex of expression into this dimension. It's like a focal point of consciousness. It focalizes consciousness. And every living being is a focal point of con billions of focal points of consciousness into this dimension. So when you make a huge tragedy in our contemporary world, which has come about through certain discoveries, which were probably, we could say, uh, misinterpreted. For example, the discovery of the evolutionary theory of Darwin. Darwin was right when he discovered that life forms evolve. That is, that was a, there's a huge evolutionary process on this planet, which started off with, with lifeless rocks and then gradually life forms began over millions and millions of years, life forms began to evolve. And the misperception is, which is still, everybody has seeped into everybody's consciousness almost in this contemporary world, that this process of evolution was entirely uh, random, a blind process of trial and error, where the, the strongest eventually survives, but it's all according to this theory, it's all trial and error. There is no intelligence behind it, according to this theory of evolution. And this is a tragic mistake because it has removed from human beings the possibility, from many human beings, the possibility of experiencing this universe as a living entity and everything in this universe as, as having a life spirit within it. Everything ancient people st still had that perception, although they might not have perceived it quite correctly, but the, the, the universe was still alive when ancient people in, no matter where, in Europe, in Asia, in Africa, and wherever, when they go, went out into nature, they, they, nature had a soul. Everything in nature was perceived as, as conscious beings, and that is closer to the truth although not entirely true in the way in which they perceived it, it's closer to the truth in which modern humans experience the world as ultimately devoid of soul, devoid of intelligence. It's lifeless matter, ultimately. They cannot feel the aliveness of the universe anymore. This is why humans have lost touch with nature, because they have lost the the ability to empathically connect with nature and sense the inherent aliveness in a flower or a tree. They, they could not sense that behind the sensory perception of this tree or the sensory perception of this flower, that is not the ultimate reality. Behind it, there is a living 
spirit, which is consciousness, which has assumed the form of this entity, the, a temporary form, but they cannot sense this anymore, that behind the world of appearances, there is a living intelligence. Ultimately, it's one, one living being that incarnates in, through countless forms. And when you can no longer perceive the universe as being essentially alive and vastly intelligent, then you inhabit a dead world that has become dead and, and you become dead inside because you can no longer feel that in yourself either. You cannot feel that there's more to uh, everything that you perceive than meets the eye. It's an English expression, English language expression. There's more to it than meets the eye, <laughs> uh, which refers to sensory perception. It's not just the eye, it's other sensory perceptions too. So there's more to everything that you perceive than meets the eye. There's more to you than meets the eye when you look in a mirror, or than that meets the eye when you think about yourself, that's the inner eye of the me. So there's, there's infinitely more, in a, in a way one could say, all you perceive with sensory perception is a surface layer, surface level of reality. And behind that, there is, as Max Planck, the physicist said, a intelligent and conscious spirit. And he said, then that is the matrix of all matter. Even matter arises out of that. So it's not my consciousness. It does not originate in me there's only one vast consciousness. There isn't my consciousness and your consciousness. There's one consciousness. You are, I am, a temporary disguise of this one light, the light of consciousness. And uh, therefore one could say there's nothing, there's nothing outside of you because whatever you perceive in this so-called reality is perceived in the light of consciousness. Everything is happening in the light of consciousness. And you are that, you are that. So essentially, and that's another interesting way of looking at it, essentially you are invisible. You are not, the essence of who you are is completely invisible. No scientist could find you if the scientist cuts open your body. <laughs> The scientist is not going to find you. The scientist, by cutting open your brain, is not even going to find a single memory. Where is the, you have countless memories. You remember your mother, you remember your father, and a scientist can cut open with the most powerful microscopes. You cannot find your mother or your father in your brain. <laughs> and you yourself, if you can sense that, you begin to lose your fear of death. If you can sense that your essential reality is invisible, and you can sense it as the, as the invisible presence that you are, that is the beginning of becoming free of the fear of death, because that is the, that does not die, is not subject to birth and death. It's wrong to say life and death. Usually people say there's the opposite, life and death. That's not right. The opposite of death is birth. There's birth 
and death. There's not life and death because life, life does not have an opposite. <laughs> there's birth and death, but there's not life and death. <laughs> yeah. Life is eternal. And you are an essential part of that eternal life. You are that. I am that, as the ancient Indian knew. Yeah. I am that. Thank you. Feel more alive. Thank you. I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your spring is about to get a lot more power with the Home Depot. Get gas-like power from mowing, trimming, and blowing with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system starting at just $89. Mowing power that can take on a third of an acre with one charge. Trimming power with up to two hours of runtime and blowing power with 110 miles per hour of clearing force, all on one interchangeable battery. Get cordless gas-like power for the entire lawn with the Ryobi 18-volt OnePlus system, only at the Home Depot. How doers get more done.